Welcome to Writers with Wrinkles, where authors Beth McMullen and Lisa Schmidt iron out the wrinkles in writing, publishing, and everything in between, one podcast at a time. Hello, lovely listeners, authors, aspiring writers, and everyone in between. I'm Beth McMullen. And I'm Lisa Schmidt. And we're the co-hosts of Writers with Wrinkles. Now, (laughs) it took us, uh, I don't know, 70 episodes to realize we had never introduced ourselves before. (laughs) So what you just heard, that's the beginning of a new era where we're actually going (laughs) to identify ourselves as the co-hosts of this podcast, Writers with Wrinkles. So really, it's never too late to learn new things. Old dog, new tricks. We're like all about the new tricks. Oh my gosh. When you texted me that, that we had never (laughs) introduced ourselves, I just sat there staring at your text. (laughs) It's just like, we are so dumb. Can I tell you the whole, I'll tell you really quickly. So I am obsessed with true crime podcasts. And I listen to this podcast called Crime Junkies. That's very popular that many of you may know. And when they do the intro, there's co-hosts. And the primary co-host, Ashley Flowers, introduces herself as Ashley Flowers. And her co-host is named Britt. And Britt never says her last name. So it's, hi, I'm Ashley Flowers, and I'm Britt. Welcome to Crime Junkies. And I was thinking to myself, why doesn't Britt ever say her last name? I wonder why they do that, do it that way. And then I thought, wait a minute, we have never introduced ourselves once on the podcast. I it was it was so funny. I was literally laughing out loud because I was like, we are complete idiots. The other thing is sometimes when I listen to the podcast, I don't really know which one of us is talking. Like I feel like we've morphed into each other. We have become one. No, it's true. So now that you've heard me say my name and you've heard Lisa say her name, you should be able to distinguish who we are. But in case you don't, there is always a transcript attached to the podcast notes that labels who's saying what. So if you're really confused, go check the transcript. (laughs) Ironing out the wrinkles. Oh, yeah. And the the wrinkles come faster than we are able to iron them, but we are here for it. We are giving it a go. We are trying. And that is all that anyone can ever do. Anyway, so welcome to episode 57. We have cooked up something we are very excited about, and I hope you will be too. So last week, we interviewed Heather Mocked and Lynn Marie, who are the founders of the platform Seasons of Kidlet, which if you missed that episode go and listen to it. They use holidays as a way to promote books and build community. Super interesting. I mean, I think it will give people lots of ideas for ways that they can use their passion to do these very important things. So Lynn Marie also runs a service called Rate Your Story that she talks about a little bit on the podcast. And this service provides a slew of writing-related services, one of which is a critique of a picture book manuscript. And guess what? Guess what me and Lisa have? We have a picture book. (laughs) So we thought, well, wouldn't it be fun to have Lynn Marie take a look at our manuscript and give us feedback? Because 
the process of getting feedback is something that as a writer, you all need to do whether you like it or not. And sometimes getting feedback can be stressful and painful and, you know, makes you want to hide under the bed. But by us going through this process with you, we hope that it will take away some of the mystery. So what we're planning on doing is starting from the beginning with this rough manuscript for a picture book and taking it all the way through to its natural conclusion. Now, the natural conclusion is either published or, oh my God, ladies, this sucks so bad. Nobody will ever publish it. Those are the two (laughs) paths that we could take. And we are here for either of them. We do not know what's going to happen. This is like a write your own ending kind of a thing. So today we have the feedback from Rate Your Story. And I have to tell you guys, I have not opened the document. Lisa has opened the document and looked at the feedback, but I wanted it to be kind of a surprise for me. So I kind of go through it with you at the same time. You forgot something really important. And I- Like saying our names at the beginning of the episode (laughs) or something else? No, but this is like the title of our new segment is- the big picture. We're going to be like taking you guys through everything. And I think I'm one of those people that I actually love getting critique. Every time I see a critique coming in, I'm like clapping. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to learn something new. That proved to be true with Lynn, Marine, Lynn Marie's notes. So I looked at it and was like, oh my gosh, things that seem really obvious. She just was, they're really good. So we can kind of go through those. So before we get into the nitty gritty, just a quick summary of what this picture book is about. It is about a dog and a cat and the dog desperately wants to be friends with the cat and the cat wants none of it. Totally uninterested. So if you're a dog person or a cat person, you should understand this plot pretty well. This sounds suspiciously like the beginning of our friendship. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the cat and the dog are just avatars for us. Well, that's not true. No, I mean... I know. I remember when I first met you, I was like, oh my God, you're an author. If I had a tail, it would have been wagging. God, that is so funny. I'm going to kill over death. Well, I mean, think about you the first time I met you and I was like, who are you on Twitter? I'm going to follow you. Da, da, da. And then you kind of disappeared. Like That was at the S. SCBWI conference, wasn't it? The local one. And then I saw you at the airport when I was sitting in the wine bar and I about accosted you. That should have been my sign of our future because I found Lisa in a wine bar. An airport wine bar. Oh my goodness. Screamed across the (laughs) airport at you. And so like, have you ever seen, I don't know what kind of an animal it is. And he's just like, He's, it's like a gopher or something, and he's sitting on a fence post, and he's just like, ah, yes. ah, that's me. That was totally That's funny, because that is exactly what I thought of when I saw you, a gopher <laughs> sitting on a fence post. Anyway, that is the summary of our story. It, it, maybe it's a story about us, but really... It's cats and dogs. That's what we're working with here. So I have a feeling we have a lot of rejections in our future. But the good news is with that, we can do blackout poetry with the rejections. (laughs) So there's a silver lining to people being like, I'm sorry. This is a terrible, terrible manuscript. Oh, my God. You guys are really awful. But also in 
sharing these things with you, it demystifies it a little bit. Right. You know, it makes you feel not so bad about the rejections that you will inevitably encounter in your writing career. Yeah. And we're not, we're not just going to go through the writing process. We're going to go through the sub process. And I should note that both of our agents have given us the go ahead to um, sub this on our own so that our listeners can see what the process is like and what we're going to have to go through. So we're going to read our pitch letter. We're going to tell you about like, not exactly who we're subbing it to, but just, you know, that we are subbing it out there. And that um, when we get responses coming in, we're going to read those rejections as soon you know as we get them. And so I think it'll just, it'll be fun for everyone to see or interesting to see somebody else go through the process in, in real time. Yes. Experiencing this in real time. So as <laughs> it happens to us, it will, it happen will be to happening you. to you. Maybe a slight delay for you guys, but not very much. Okay. So let us... Let us jump in. So Lisa's going to take the lead because like I said, I have not read the comments from Lynn Marie yet. I literally opened them up right before we turn this on so that I can kind of experience this at the same time that you guys do. As we mentioned, it's a story about cats and dogs. And the title of our original picture book is Cats Rule. So I'm going to read her kind of opening editorial comments and so it says, this, this is from Lynn Marie. This is part of our critique. This is a cute and fun concept. I do think it can be amped up with more fleshing and flowing, but it's a wonderful start. I recommend that you read any and all cat and dog books you can get your hands on and take note of title, author, publisher, year, topic, and theme. It will give you ideas of what has been done and what hasn't been done before and what you might do that's different to make your stand out against the rest. Can I just, can we talk about this for a a quick second before we move on? Okay, I know on this show, especially Lisa is always saying, you know, go in, find the books that are like yours, read them, critique them, mark them up, all of those super important things. So I think what our assignment is going to be for ourselves in the next couple of weeks is going to be going to the library, going to the bookstore, finding these books and figuring out how we can have a fresh take on the cat and dog story, which everybody knows has just been done to death. So what is the, what is the fresh take? I love that she starts out with this because it's so, so important. And it's true. So, okay, as to fleshing out, I might make the characters a bit more unique while still being clearly a dog, like perhaps the dog has a favorite thing other than a stick. I once saw a video about a dog who loved pumpkins and carried one around, just an example. Or maybe it's a large branch, so it's a bit funnier and a bit more personality. I really like this too. I like the idea of something quirky because remember with picture books, you have no space to develop your character. It's not like a novel where you can spend pages and pages talking about who this person is. So in this case, this dog has to have a distinct personality with just a couple of little details. So I think super important to make sure those details count. And just carrying around a stick, which our dog is doing, is not enough. So I think this is also something to keep in mind as we're editing to make this character of the dog and the character of the cat, those are the only two characters in it, that they really have to be unique and interesting in a very 
quick way. Like you have to bring that really quickly. I would think a bit on motivations and stakes and make them a bit clearer as well. A stronger character arc would surely make the story even better. As to transitions, I recommend making them a bit more smooth and logical. And I think we both already knew that, that it was a little yeah. bit, it was a little bumpy. That's yes. the best thing I can say. It was yes. a little bumpy. Um, again, this is a wonderful start and there's a lot of, a lot to work with. Surely some strong hooks as readers love cats and dogs. And there's always that question is whether they can be friends. Definitely go for an even clearer ending, perhaps with a twist or, or food for thought. Best of luck with this. I enjoyed reading it. Okay, I love how she opened and closed with the positive. That's always a good critique. Yeah, and that's actually something to keep in mind if you're critiquing other people. And there's, I wanted to say this up at the beginning when we were talking about critiquing, but you as a writer will learn a tremendous amount critiquing other people's work. So it's not a one-way street. It goes both ways where you're going to get as much out of doing the critique as you will of, of receiving a critique. So, and this is a really professional way to do it where you say, this is what I like. Here are the things to work on. Here's some other stuff I like. You feel good at the beginning. You feel good at the end. And you're like, I can do the stuff in the middle. I can totally do that. I'm motivated. Absolutely. And as far as like learning from critiquing other people's um, work, one of the things that when I first started, I didn't know how to critique. And so if anybody's just starting or they're afraid to like jump in and start critiquing, I get it because when I first started, I didn't know anything. And I just took it from the view as a reader um, because I didn't feel like I knew enough about the craft. So that's kind of how I jumped in. And then as I started learning more and more, I was able to add and develop my critiquing skills. So just know that you don't have to go in it and be a full fledged writer, like right away. I mean, and know everything because I, I certainly didn't. Yeah. I've done some stuff where I'm like, oh my God, I, I should have just kept my mouth shut because you're trying sometimes as a critiquer, you're just trying to say something to say something. Don't do that. Don't feel the need to do that, but just know that we all have to start somewhere. Yeah. And you can be really upfront about where you are in your process. So like, for instance, I, I've written what, seven middle grade novels. And now I'm going back to an adult novel. So I'm looking for new critique partners who work in that space. And I haven't worked in that space in a long time. So it feels a little, it's definitely a little bumpy. But when I was corresponding with a couple of people who might potentially be a good fit, like I said, this is where I'm at. You know, I have published a lot. I have a lot of experience, but I haven't been writing in adult fiction. I I love to critique. I think it's really useful on both ends, like I said, but you have to bear with me that I'm like kind of just getting my feet wet again. So like I'm saying up front, this is where I'm coming from and feel free to tell me where you're coming from so that when you're reading the critique or doing the critique, you have a kind of an idea of the environment it's happening in, if that makes sense. It's all good. And I think when people are starting out, they just need to know it's it's okay. We've all been there. So I want to just touch on a few of the very specific comments that we got from Lynn Marie. The first one is formatting. We formatted this thing entirely wrong, which there is no excuse for. 
I blame Lisa. No, I don't really. It's probably my fault. Um, but, <laughs> but formatting is something that you should be able to hit the nail on the head every time because you can go out on the internet and find examples. So we need to fix that. We screwed that up. The other thing that Lynn Marie pointed out, which I think is very valid, is that our transitions are are wonky. So from scene to scene, it's not smooth. We are leaving opportunities behind that we could use. So for instance, the transitions feel a bit random. We're not connecting them. So we have an opportunity to connect them and to make things more funny by doing that. So I think for our homework for this project, so we have written a manuscript, we've submitted it for feedback. The next things that we're going to do, we're going to go out and read a lot of cat and dog picture books and see what's being done, see what's being done well, see how it's being done well. And then we're going to come back and we're going to fix the formatting and we're going to fix these transitions. All the while, we're going to keep in mind the idea that this needs to be a fresh take on an old story, right? The idea of cats and dogs not being friends is a story as old as time. How do we make it fresh? Yeah. What do you think? Do you accept the challenge? I do accept the challenge. I'm excited. You know, we both love this, but we're like those typical writers that we wrote something that made us, you know, laugh and that amused us. Um, it might not, not amuse all the editors and we are going to be subbing on our own. So there's some unsuspecting editors who will be. So get ready to witness maximum humiliation. Humiliations galore. But actually an important lesson is to never be defensive about feedback, even if you don't take it, right? Even if there's stuff in there that you're like, I don't agree with this. You right. never you never assume a defensive posture. You're happy for any and all input. And then it's up to you to decide how to use it. So even just glancing at this document right now, just like Lisa said, makes me totally excited to be back in the story and fixing it and elevating it based on what Lynn Marie has graciously provided for us. A lot of time and effort you can tell she put into what is very, you know, like a four page document and things that we really can do to just elevate this story. Yeah. And I just, I want to hype her services a little bit. There's Rachel story and, and which is we submitted to it. And then she has this other thing where service, it's like a membership service where you can submit like 18 manuscripts a year, which, so if you are a picture book writer, this is a valuable service. Like if I was starting out and was writing picture books, I would be all over this, especially if you're out there, like you haven't connected with other picture book writers yet. This is a wonderful opportunity for people to really get some wonderful feedback from somebody who's, you know, obviously knows her stuff. And there are other authors that also help with um, critiquing these manuscripts. So again, it's a huge plug for Rate Your Story and um, the work she does over there. We highly encourage you to check them out. Yeah, I cannot agree more. I think it's really valuable. And if you could see the actual document and all of the effort she put into it, it's you just can't get that in any other way. You're never going to be able to see what's right in front of you if you've been in the manuscript for too long. I know that people 
writers experience this all the time. You stop seeing your own stuff because it's so familiar. You can't get any perspective. So this kind of thing, this sort of critique, this is a great option if you're pressed for time or you don't feel comfortable critiquing other people's work. This is a great option. Of course, you can always get those two-way relationships where somebody's critiquing you and you're critiquing them, but invaluable overall. And that's kind of what we wanted to stress at this point in this project is that this stage is so important. Yes, the submitting and all of that stuff is important later, but if you don't have the best product to submit, the whole thing feels kind of pointless. So even though we're like 80% sure no one's ever going to want to publish this, like we're going to make it as good as we can possibly make it. Yes. And you get to come along for the ride, my happy (laughs) listeners. (laughs) All right, folks. That is it for today. We hope you found this useful. We will be back next week with author Jason June, who will be our last guest for season two, if you can believe that. After Jason, we'll be rerunning two of our favorite episodes on Christmas Day and New Year's Day, but I'm not going to tell you which, so you have to just show up and see. And that is all. So until then, happy reading, writing, and listening. Bye, Lisa. Bye, Beth. Bye, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Writers with Wrinkles. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. This helps others find the show, and we greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll catch you in the next episode.